روزگار تاریک دیگه تحمل خنده های ما رو هم نداره تحمل امیدمونو قاتل سریالی با قدرت تو شهر میچرخه و کمترمون میکنه با مرگ مرداد قمگین شدی و حالا با مرگ علی ناامید رفقای صمیمی دیروز حالا امروز دوباره پیش همه نمیدونیم که کرونا تموم میشه و که قرار زندگی به ما لبخند بزنه فقط میدونیم وقتی اون روز بیاد دیگه خیلی از ما نای از تهدل خندیدن رو نداریم مثل مادر علی کسی که تو این چند روز هر بار که عشق خالصش به پسرش رو دیدیم و صداشو میشنیدیم بغز نفسمونو بند میآورد کسی که تلخ در این هدیه قابل تصور رو تو روز مادر گرفت Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Golbazan podcast. I'm joined by Arya, uh, regular, as well as Nima Tavalahi, football journalist, runs SempraInter.com, one third of Italia football podcast, uh, exclusives with Football Italia and Forza Italian football. And yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to be with you guys. How you, how you guys doing? Thanks, Sina. Uh, glad to be back on. It's been a month since our last uh, podcast interview with uh, Zatolai. So it's glad to have uh, something to give you guys to listen to. Uh, and uh, yeah, good to be back on with my friend Nima as well. Good to be with you guys. Pleasure, pleasure is mine. Now, I wanted to start this episode uh, with, with a bit of a tribute. So uh, I think, you know, I want to talk to you uh, to you guys about you know tribute about uh Merad Minavand as well as Ali Ansarian I know you probably heard at the beginning of the episode and so yeah Merad Minavand was and is you know still loved by team Meli and, and many Paris police fans he was such a popular figure on and off the pitch and in a footballing sense he's considered one of if not one of the best left-sided players that Iran has ever ever produced and For many years during the, the 90s to early 2000s, he was one of the first names on, on the team sheet for Team Meli. And so, yeah, it's a massive loss and also like a natural left footer, which was which is really rare in, in Iran for many years. And and um, so much so that we didn't actually have any any left backs like in, in Team Meli for a long time. Um, what, do, what do you make of it, Arya? Yeah, I mean, look. You know, and you know, if if you look at his career, yeah, you know, spent numerous seasons out in in Austria with with Sturm Graz. Uh, you know, I think he has the most Champions League uh, appearances of any Iranian. 21 games uh, in the Champions League. That's you know, something to really um, you know be proud of to have an Iranian playing that many games in in the best competition in Europe. Um, a player who you know played against uh, Man United at Old Trafford, um, Real Madrid at Bernabeu, uh, Mestalla, um, you know, just some of the some of the best best teams in the world that he faced, and obviously was very important for the national team. As you said, he was a left-footed player, something that we didn't have a lot. Um, you know, we got you know some some a player kind of in that mold from uh, Wadi Nikbacht later on. In the 2006 World Cup, but we didn't really have much uh, during his period uh, on, on, in Iran, and you know, obviously was very, very loved by Paris Police fans. Um, you know, he spent a lot of his career out there in, in Tehran's um, in the Tehrani club, and uh, his death is obviously going to be a, a a big, a lot of pain for the the community in, in Iran. Um, from people who like football and people who maybe don't like football, you know, because he was also uh, a big figure off the pitch, you know. Um, and it's, it's a big loss. And obviously, the coronavirus, he, he, you know, it took him from us. But ultimately, you know, he will be remembered for his um, for his fantastic performances on the pitch and, and for the... The affection that he showed the, the Paris Police fans, the Team Melee fans, off the pitch, and, and his relationship with the likes of Ali Dai and Ali Karimi, uh, and the, the 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 part he played in um, making sure that those relationships between um, Dai and Karimi were a little bit more, um, you know, 
less conflicting as 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 they as they were for for many many years between those two. He was a big figure in sort of sorting that out um, or trying to sort it out, and ultimately, you know, it's brought them together um, for a sad reason. Yeah, definitely, and and also a dear friend of um, Minovan was was Ali Ansarian, um, of course, another another team Melly great and. So born and raised in Tehran, is probably one one of the only players who who actually played for both Esteghlal and and Persepolis. And he actually, you know, one of the rare players that actually has the love and affection from both sets of fans. You know, there's a massive rivalry between the clubs, but they can the the thing that they can share is is the love between you know um, Ali and Soryan and a massive fighter on the pitch, um, known for his commitment, massive. Him and Ali Karimi both joined um, and started playing for Paris Police at the same time uh, in, in 1998, actually, and continued to be roommates and close friends um, during their time at the club. And I think really notably, he, he helped Paris Police reach the, the Champions League semi-final in, in 1999 in a, a team that included the likes, you know, some greats such as Abed Zadeh, Gold Mohammadi, Karimi and uh, Esther Lili. For like, yeah, it was it was a big another big loss. Yeah, absolutely, and, and it came as a shock because it happened so quickly um, after Merdad uh, uh passing as well. Uh, obviously, for the same reasons, um, testing positive for coronavirus, and then going through the battle of of being in ICU and all that, and, and obviously eventually not being able to. To, to save him um but yeah you know obviously f- you know after his um Alian Sorian after his uh, retirement he was a very very big figure off the pitch you know he was very active in, in his acting career um he played in, in movies and tv shows uh for a number of years and you know just he was i mean if you listen to he did an interview uh recently he did an inter- interview with shao uh, poseini um recently on, on uh iranian tv um you know just a very down-to-earth man a very um just a, a nice character to, to to listen to someone who was really um enthusiastic about uh, you know the growth of, of iranian football young players yeah he beloved uh, beloved, beloved uh, player, both from Paris Police fans and Esteghlal fans, because he obviously spent time in both clubs. Both the f- uh, sets of fans really, really appreciated him. Um, and you know, it's, it's a shame to see another man like him um, leave us. You know, so um, they will be remembered. Uh, we will obviously keep on honouring their their time with us on the national team in the national team jersey. Um, and yeah, hopefully nothing like this happens uh, anytime uh, for for any of our, our, our ex players. Yeah, for sure. Our, our thoughts, everyone at Golbazan, our thoughts are with uh, their families. For sure. So, so let's move on to the the next part of the episode. Let's move on to um, what we actually want to talk about for for the for the rest of the episode, and that's. Um, that's you know talking about the Champions League, talking about the European games, Europa League as well. So obviously Tarami versus Juventus um, is the first thing we want to cover, and then we're going to move on to Baron Van versus Rangers. But before we go into, before we jump into the Porto Juventus game, um, obviously the game finished two one uh, to Porto. But before we jump into that, I want to get a fan reaction f- uh, by Said um, ba- Barzander. Um, so play that and then we'll we'll jump into it. Said Barzande from Juventus Club Los Angeles. Uh, Said, how you doing, my friend? Doing well, Arya. Thank you for inviting me to the show. Good to be on. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, just speak to us a little bit about your uh, your fan club out in Los Angeles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, yeah, we started the Juventus fan club uh, almost ten years ago. Um, it kind of you know started from a Facebook page and. You know, we being here in in America, we didn't have too much uh, exposure to soccer, you know, watching games here. Obviously, a lot of them are, you know, early in the day for us. You know, soccer has gotten bigger over the years in in America. 
So, you know, we started the fan club just to, you know, meet up and watch the games and it just grew over the years. And, you know, we have, you know, a lot of members now. So it's an amazing group, all types of different nationalities. You know, we have Iranians, Italians, Arabs, all, all kinds of people. So it's a good group. We, you know, we try to meet up, obviously pre-COVID. We would try to meet up for the big games and watch them. And uh, it's been a great experience. You know, I, we always invite uh, anyone who comes and visits L.A. to come and watch with us if they have to. Uh, or if they want to um so it's been great you know we've been uh, i've been a follower of juventus since all the way back believe it or not i'm 40 years old so i go way back to 1990 world cup with baggio and them so i've been a juventus fan for a very long time and uh, obviously a lot of fans in iran as well and um yeah so it's uh it's an exciting time for iranian football at the moment yeah. and um yeah, so I'm sure everybody was celebrating uh, Porto's win the other day. Uh, yeah. Obviously, a big historic day for for Iranian football. So, Sai, I want to ask you about that. So, obviously, Juventus played Porto. Uh, you know, big game, of course, as you said, for Iranian football, but also for Juventus fans because they have to win this game to then take it into the next leg uh, and Turin to to try and get to the next round. As simple as that. I mean. Uh, you know they've got big expectations going into the Champions League, so they lost this game. Uh, Taremi scored the first goal uh, in the first minute. And there's the first opportunity, the first mistake, and the first goal. And it came out of absolutely nothing. And it's scored by Medi Taremi and Wojciech Szczesny as at the centre of it straight away. What a start to this game! Inside two minutes, and Juventus commit a gigantic mistake. Um, just give us your your thoughts on the match. Oh man, I can I can talk about this for hours uh, or complain about this for hours. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously mixed emotions for people like me. Um, you know, you want to see Tarami do well, you want to see any Iranian do well, but at the same time, you want to see your team progress. So it was never easy. Uh, none of the result out of this would have been favorable. You know, Juventus wins, Porto gets eliminated. Uh, obviously, I would like to see Tarami onto the next round, but then, you know, at the expense of Juventus. So it's a, it's a, you know, uh, I guess you can never find the, the happiness in, in, in this for us. But, um, you know, big moment. I always wanted to see Tarami score against Juventus. Um, I would have preferred if Juve ended up winning it. Um, I mean, it's it's big in terms of, uh, obviously, um, historical moment for Iranian football. Like I was saying, first time, I believe, an Iranian scored in a knockout stage. So that's huge. Uh, I believe all the other ones were group stages. Um, obviously, Madavikia had a legendary game against Juventus way back then when Zidane and Del Piero were there. Uh, but that was a group stage game. But this game was huge. And uh, not just for Iranian football, but also Porto. They had never beaten Juventus before. So this was the first time they beat Juventus. And to see Taremi um, be a big part of that is, is obviously huge. It raises a lot of eyebrows. Um, and, uh, and, it, and it was huge in terms of the way it happened right at the beginning. I mean, uh, talk about deflating uh, Juventus right away. I mean, that that put Juventus out of the game right away, and had a you know big mountain to climb. So uh, so it was huge, and um, so I'm very happy for that. I you know was seeing the reactions online, and just seeing all this you know celebrities and and former players and on Instagram posting. So you know that part of it made me happy. Um, the part of seeing Juventus play the way they did was not great. This is probably one of the worst Juventus games I've seen in all my years of watching it. So it was, it was a bit disappointing. The team just lacks chemistry. Um, a lot of good individual players, but as a team, they don't play particularly well. Pirlo is obviously a new coach. Um, but in terms of the situation we're in, and uh, Porto's chances next time is they actually have a really good chance uh, to go through. Um, but again, Juventus is one of those teams that, you know, they don't show up one game, but then they show up the next game and play world class. So you never know what yeah. you're going to get. 
Um, so yeah. it's it's a critical one next next game. Um, it's still not over, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, I think Porto still has a good chance. Um, I think Taremi is on a really hot streak. I think he can probably keep that going and score again. Um, Juventus' def- defense isn't particularly as good as it's been in some years. And, um, and yeah, so I think uh, it's, it's going to be exciting. I'm still hoping, you know, Juve can go through. But Taremi obviously has raised eyebrows he's gonna he's getting attention now and i think that goal was huge and he i think also red uh, sorry yellow carded about three of our players so he uh he was very very effective that game although uh, other than the two goals uh porto didn't really have too many chances and you know i would have liked to see tarmi involved more but they were mostly you know juve was trying to score so you know, Porto couldn't yeah. see too much of the ball, but um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think Taremi um, has definitely raised eyebrows, and I think if another good game against Juventus would definitely um, raise the attention of you know either other Serie A teams or, or even Juventus, yeah, I would love to see him get picked up. I mean, uh, I was we'll just before, have to I, see. I think the Serie A would be perfect for him, actually. Um, um, Said, my friend, I really appreciate you coming on, um, Gold Bazan, and hopefully we can have you on in the future at some point as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really appreciate uh, what you guys are doing. I, I think um, there was definitely a podcast missing for, for Iranian football in English. You know, hopefully uh, the next leg is going to be as exciting and, you know, whatever the results, uh, I guess I'll be happy. You know, if Juventus goes through, I'll be happy. If Porto goes through, I'll be happy for Tarami and Iranian football. But, uh, yeah, let's see how that goes. I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, best of luck. Okay, so so there was a goal in the first minute by Tarami. Like, absolute shock. It was so, it was so like, out of the blue. We, uh, Arya, you and I did the Instagram live and um, literally within a, pretty much a minute of us finishing that Instagram live, I'm pretty sure you actually missed the goal, which is quite funny. Like he, he scored and it was just <laughs> such a shock. I, I, I almost missed it as well. I was too busy posting it onto our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy posting an Instagram live, editing the video on my phone and posting it so yeah i missed it i, I didn't even see it until like uh until i had, i was tweeting on to the onto our twitter to uh to sit for the goal to that didn't score so yeah i missed it live um but yeah man it was it was some some uh some start to the game the pressure from porto um was was going on throughout the game it wasn't even that first that first goal it was going on throughout the game and i know nemo you have you, you have a lot to say about this because the Juventus don't play like that normally in Serie A. They have a lot of composure normally. They're able to you know play out of pressure and win games very easily, and especially towards the second half. But they were not able to sustain the pressure. No, um, the thing it's for me the the issue with Juventus is it's quite clear that when they go into the Champions League, it's become a mental block for them because it's become an obsession for them to win that to win that trophy, if you lose seven consecutive finals, um, then, um, then that, 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 that kind of leaves, that leaves a lot, you know, that's bound to have an effect on, 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 on a club psyche and especially a club of Juventus stature who has this self image of themselves that they are, you know, they are Juventus and at Juventus, the, you know, winning isn't the only thing it's winning, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing that counts as as you know to to um paraphrase the famous uh, famous adage that they attribute to, you know that's attributed to Juventus that at Juventus it's the only thing that counts and that's that's how it's always been and for, especially for them a club that has won the Serie A and dominated the Serie A in the way they have with over 30 league titles but only uh, two European cups or Champions Leagues and that's that's something that has been annoying them and 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 has kind of become a mental glitch for them um, that they've never managed to, that they haven't been more su- successful than that. And signing Cristiano Ronaldo obviously was a part of that to to get closer to that drive uh, to that title. Um, but they failed to. They've not even been close since he joined. Um, I think what we saw against Porto, the way I look at that game is 
Bentancur is is one of my favorite players. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. He's so such a safe passer, and he does exactly the opposite of safe passing. Uh, but you have to give credit to Porto, uh, who, in my opinion, were fantastic. Uh, Sergio Conceição is a the way he approaches games, the way he he his his teams approach games reminds me reminds me a lot of a of a young Diego Simeone. Young Cholo, um, the, I think after the game at Sky Italia, Alessandro Del Piero said that your teams play, your team plays exactly like you were as a player, very tenacious, tactical, and technical, and that's absolutely spot on. That's exactly how they did. Um, Taremi is perfect in this team. He never stops running. He he always subjects himself to the good of the team. He he he's his movement is really good. Um, and, and he's very opportunistic in a good sense, which is how what you want a striker to be. And in that sense, I, I you know, his mo- in that sense, I'd say that he's a poor man's uh, Holland, uh, Erling Braut Holland, because Holland is also a opportunist and he's also very physical and uh, and never stops running. But obviously, he's much better than Taremi at pretty much everything. But their style do they do have styles? Their playing styles do remind me uh, of, of one another. Um, but no, I, I, I thought it was I thought it was really interesting to see that this was you know he he one really important thing to note here is Taremi makes his first first debut in the Champions League from start in this game and he scores his first goal in the knockout stages and and I think that just shows the development that he's been on mentally uh, at the very least uh, at Porto uh, since making that transfer. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, Ari and I were talking before the game, and we pretty much agreed that this was pretty much like his his biggest game he's played in a in a club shirt. He obviously he's played in World Cup games, but in a, in a club shirt, I I struggled to find a game that was bigger than this Champions League debut, and it, it made him like the, the it was the fifth uh, Iranian to actually score in the in the, in the Champions League. So it, you know he's it's quite a small list of of other people that you know. Uh, Madavi, Kiyar, Dai, Karimi, and obviously Asmund um, still playing the Champions League. But it puts them on a very elusive list. So let's focus, I guess, on on Porto before we go to Juventus and what, what went wrong for him. Arya, what did you kind of make of, of Porto during the game and how did Tarimi kind of fit into their success? Yeah, uh, look, Porto, as Nima just said perfectly, they started the game very well. First and foremost, they uh, you look at teams nowadays. Sometimes you, you look at teams that are maybe underdogs. They'll tend to sit back, like Carlos Queiroz as an example. His teams sit back and you you know absorb the pressure and hit on the counter attack. Some teams nowadays, their underdogs are doing the complete opposite and they're actually going towards the, the opposite goalkeeper and really putting the pressure on and really trying to win the ball back. And that, for me, it shows a sign of um, a lot of bravery in, in that team, a lot of uh, uh, great characters. Um, people like Pepe, for me, was absolutely immense in this game. Um, you know, And they, he, he kept his head for once as well, so that was good to see. But... Taremi is a fantastic um, initiator for for defending. Unbelievable at it. He's very good at uh, putting the defenders in their small little traps, making them make mistakes, and allowing his midfielders to win the ball back. A lot of the times he would show, uh, I think it was Delict and De Morale who came on later, I think it was Chiellini who played the game from the start. He was putting them under a lot of um, pressure, pushing them wide, getting them to play a bit longer, um, allowing them, the defence, to push up a little bit higher to win the ball back, win headers, you know, and and he was a very good initiator. So from that perspective, it was fantastic. Obviously, the goal that he scored just epitomises his his pressing ability, his physicality, and yes, it was lucky. Yes, um, Ben Tancur made a big mistake as a howler pass back to the goalkeeper, but ultimately, he pounced on it, and on the first minute of the game, not everyone's paying attention you know everyone's trying to warm up trying to get into it but he was ready to score so uh fair play to him i'm happy that he's done that and also another another stat is that he is the first iranian to score in the knockout stage of the champions league not just the, f- the fifth iranian to score but the first to score uh, i think even Said said in his in his little uh, segment that is the first um, so unbelievable and hopefully he does it next week as well yeah, and not only that, that's his, that's also his first goal 
in the tournament, which which it just yeah, ex- speaks, exactly, exactly. It just it speaks <laughs> so much as to what a how the strides he's taken as a um, as a player uh, mentally, uh, to say the least, and and physically, I I can't ever remember him being this fit, this physically fit, and and like he's he's a player that's in the zone, really is in the zone. Um, and you can say that the Sekonse Sao has really improved him. I mean, he was, I mean, he was the top yeah. goal scorer uh, before he came to Porto. I also uh, think he's very happy as well. I think he's a very oh, happy can, man. You know? I think I actually, I absolutely agree with that. But I think he kind of made himself the, the a very good situation by joining the way he joined Porto by turning down Benfica and turning down lots of money to specifically choose Porto which is obviously Benfica is Porto's biggest rivals you know it's like Man United Liverpool Inter Juve Real Madrid Barcelona they absolutely hate each other and he turned them down even though they wanted more money and and you know the whole you know and or even where he was stood to make more money and he kind of you know, said no to that, and even also because he obviously he owned part of his own contract, and you know that he would have gotten not just more more paid in wages, but also more in terms of transfer fee because he kind of owned a part of his own contract, and he was willing to let that go to go to Porto. He really wanted to go to Porto. That made him already before he even kicked a ball quite the club legend. And then his attitude since since arriving at Porto has been spot on. Uh, the club has fallen in love with him. Um, I speak to I have Portuguese colleagues who I speak to quite often uh, who cover Porto and, and they say that his attitude from day one, it was, it was love at first sight for everyone involved. And that's a lot, you know, he, he really made life easy for himself uh, by, 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 by the, with the way he arrived at the club. And then also, you know, he's made mistakes at the club. He's, you know, he's got himself sent off, but immediately kind of admits that he apologizes for that for that and he, he goes out and then you see improvement in the following games and and he and he puts himself out there i mean his work rate is fantastic um and i think you know i was i was talking to this to to a colleague i mean where porto usually sells you know he's 28 years old and when porto sell players they sell players to the biggest clubs in the world um when 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 and and i and i'm thinking well if he continues like this i mean i i, I think they'll struggle to win the league this year uh, in, in in Portugal because of how sport how well Sporting are doing and, and and the situation there. But if he can continue to score and get himself up to another 15 20 goals, and in in this Porto that is that is you know historically doing really well. I mean there's there's really no because he's ready now you know and yeah. if you look at the world if you look at football you know the num there is a crisis in number nines in the world you know it's like you can count the the big number nines on one hand. It's Lukaku, it's Harry Kane, it's Lewandowski, it's Holland. After that, you don't really have that many number nines. You have false nines and you have, you know, God knows what, but you don't have any world-class number nines and there's quite a shortage of them. He, he and in that sense, I guess you could say he's lucky because the timing where he's coming onto the stage is is immaculate because there's not that many to, 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 for him to go up against. And, and, and so you're thinking, well, where, where can he go from here? And, and, and the sky's the limit if he continues down this, down this path. I mean, Benzema at Real Madrid is, a, is on his decline. Um, but other than that, I mean, the four, it's just the four or five I mentioned. You don't really have that many number nines. Lukaku, obviously, but, he, but, but I mean, it's, it's the, you do have a, we do have a problem in, in world football with, with a lack of traditional yeah. good number nines. I think, you know. I said, well, he's certainly making making a mark in that position because he obviously won best striker of the month in Portugal. So he's obviously like getting a lot of impressions in that position. Yeah. No, you're right, and I think actually I think the Serie A suits him a lot. I think the I think you're absolutely right I because think, because I mean, if you look at players like uh, like Belotti, for example, players strikers like him, strikers even like Ibrahimovic, you know, people who maybe don't have. He's not, he's not he's not the fastest player in the world you know he's not he's not super fast but he's able to produce from very little service you know but and, and in Serie A you're not typically getting a lot of service no. you know so he can do that he can go to Serie A and perform um, absolutely and I think I think I'm glad you said Serie A because when I look at you know I I mean Holland where he will go you know it'll probably be a Real Madrid or a Barcelona or or a PSG or a you know, Man City or or something like that. I I know that Juventus are absolutely drooling over him, but I don't. I, I just don't see how they can afford him because he will command a massive amount of um, 
uh, in transfer fee and then he'll come on to huge wages and given the corona crisis and, and the lack of TV money in the Serie A, I just don't see how any Serie A club will be able to get him. But for me, Taremi, Taremi strikes me as a player who could actually absolutely turn up to one of the top four traditional top four in the city and do a job there. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy you mentioned Zlatan Ibrahimovic in Milan. I think at Milan, I mean, his work rate with Red. I'd love him. I'd love him there. Uh, love him there. That would, that's, that's really interesting. I think he could do a job there, to be honest. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, that, I that, Ario, that, that kind of I think Aria would cry of, of just happiness if that happened. Yeah, I think he would. No, actually, but... I, w- I actually want Osmond to join. I'd rather him, but I think Tony would be good as well. I think he would be a very good striker for us. I, I don't see Asmoon as a mis- uh, you see he as a as a lone number nine in the Serie A. Asmoon won't be able to do anything. I think he needs to play in a team that has two strikers up front for him to sh- to to shine in the Serie A. In that lone number nine role in the Serie A, I I I, I don't see him succeeding at all. I think I I mean I when the rumors of him going to Lazio first first surfaced I got really excited because you know I think together with Immobile that could be that could have been a partnership that could have been very very interesting to watch um but I mean if we're talking as a number nice a sole number nine as the way Milan play right now with Pioli uh, I don't think Asmoon would I think you'd, you'd be you'd be faced with a much better Piontek but still like Piontek type of player and and he would just be anonymous uh in, in yeah Milan. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what he does in his career. But it's 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 great for Tarami though. Oh, no, I, I'm really interested in seeing where he goes. Yeah. All right, Sino. So so guys, let's move on to I guess Juventus because we've, we've spoken a lot about about Porto and and Tarami and of course he had a, he had a fantastic game. But I mean, this is Juventus we're talking about. You know, historically massive players in the Champions League. Obviously, as well, historic like serial winners of the Serie A. Like Nima, what went wrong for for Juventus in this game? Uh, it was, a, I think, it was a mental thing. Uh, I think it was a mental approach. That I mean, that they have a mental block, as I said in the beginning. That you know, this is a club that has struggled. They've lost seven finals. Um, they've only won twice. Um, they have over thirty titles, and they've only won twice. That that is something that is always held against them. And it's like it's it's it's, it's like the. It's like one of those things that if you say something so many times, you can almost wish it by saying it and repeating it. it but they have true. they have so much experience though. How how has that mental block got into their minds? Like it's full well, of you know if you massively experienced se- players. Seven Champions League finals at the club they've lost, um, and that is they've only won twice. One was with the Platinis in the 80s with Trapattoni, who won everything, and then once with Lippi, the, the that classic Juve. But other than that, they've never won it, and they've only ever lost finals. Um, I, so, you know, it, it is a mental block. But I think with this Juve, it's also a combination of things. I think it's that. It's also the fact that Andrea Pirlo is a new coach. He's a rookie coach. He's trying to find his perfect, you know, this kind of... He's trying to find the ideal lineup, the ideal formation. He knows how he wants to play, but it's about getting into those positions um, that that he, that you know, alternating between the Serie A, which is a much more tactical league, than, than in Europe, where you have to be much play much more expansive football. And I think that balance is where he struggled. And then Juve were awful, let's be honest. They were absolutely awful. Uh, and Federico Chiesa saved them uh, by scoring that goal. Who I, and he was also all around their best player. But I think, I think it's a combination of things. But I do think that going into that goal gave them so much relief that... I think Porto is going to struggle a lot uh, in the return leg. Yeah, before we go to the second leg and what we can expect from that, I guess, like, yeah, it'd be good to get your thoughts, Arya, before we move on to yeah. that. Oh, just very quickly, I, I just think they got their tactics wrong in that game. I think they played the, the wrong lineup. Personally, I think he shouldn't have played. Uh, um, I think he played Kulisevsky and Ronaldo up front. You, they're not strikers. They're not strikers. You can't play them together. It doesn't work. You know. You, you can't expect him to play in a 4-4-2 against a team that's going to try and press you and you've got two wingers playing as strikers. For me, when Morata came on, uh, they looked really good. you know, And I think that's what he'll do in the, in the next in the second leg. And I think that's when they'll cause more issues, when they'll have a, a target man up front to hit the ball up to and, and try and get you know, Ronaldo or... or um, Dybal won't play, but Chiesa and all these kind of players uh, thing behind. Is, 
thing is, it's not a four four two. That's the thing. I mean, it's a four four two on paper. It's four four two when they don't have the ball, and it's kind of a three four two one or a three four three five two at times. He's very fluid, Pirlo, in the way he approaches games. He doesn't. It's not your kind of classical formation lineup. It's pretty much they just put it out there for the sake of uh, for the sake of TV. But that's not how they play. And and Kulusevski and Ronaldo does work. The issue for me is Artur Melo. He that his ideal midfield is Artur Melo. It's uh, Bentancur, it's um, Kulusevski in that diamond, and uh, and also um, what's uh, name eludes Chie- me now? Chiesa. No, no, Chiesa's on the wing. I'm I'm talking about yeah. central midfield. McKenny Mc- um, or McKenny. Thank you. McKenny's Mc- really the three of the four of them really complement each other. That's a really dynamic and intelligent midfield with Arturo uh, Artur Melo pulling the strings. They lack that with Rabiot. When you play Rabiot and McKenny and and all these players, you, you 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 know, and you don't have someone creating in the middle, down the middle, then 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 Juve becomes static. And then if you, of course, like you said, Morata, they don't have a classic number nine who doesn't really know how to move about um, and and to create those spaces. Then then Juve just become toothless. Uh, but then again, that's the, like you said, it's it's he got it all tactically wrong. But he is a rookie coach, and the thing that speaks for Juve is that every time he's got it wrong. He bounces back. Against Barcelona, they got destroyed 3-0. He bounced back and they mopped the floor with Barcelona in the return leg and won the group. Against Fiorentina and Inter, he got completely destroyed. He bounced up, went on a run. Uh, against Napoli, they were more unlucky than anything. They played actually pretty well. And then you have this horrible game against Porto. Now, will will again, will he be able to do what he's done before and learn from that and, and, and to jump immediately uh, Back onto the winning horse, onto the saddle. I, so, so I, what do you I think? think what do you, for for the second leg, I guess, like what will change for Pirlo? What, like, what, what sort of tactics will he implement for them to bounce back? Oh, well, he will play Morata, like uh, Aria says. I think he will play. Uh, um, it depends if he gets Artur Melo back. Uh, but it, I mean, if if I think if Artur Melo is in any way fit to play, he will play. I don't think Kulusevski will play. I don't think he'll start. Uh, I'm absolutely certain it'll be Morata Ronaldo up front. And um, it'll, you'll see a much more aggressive Juve. Now that Chiellini's, in, uh, Chiellini's injured, you'll see a Juve that will play further with a defensive line that begins far further up the pitch, uh, which is something that he's changed throughout the season, been tinkering with that. Uh, because obviously when you play Chiellini, with, you know, he's, he's never been a sprinter. You can't play when you play with a high defensive lining of Chiellini, then you're just exposing Chiellini. But when you have Demiral and, and De Ligt, you can do that. And Danilo. But Danilo obviously is, is is suspended. I mean, Quadrado I think was really missing, um, and and I think yeah, I, th- I think we'll see a much more fluid Juve. We'll see a much more aggressive Juve, and we'll see much more offensively attacking Juve uh, that will look to overload Porto uh, from the get go. And all they need is one goal, and and then they can control it because defensively Juve are very sound. Uh, even though we didn't see that against Porto, I think that was more down to individual errors more than a structural issue. So, um, no, I, I expect to see a Juve that will completely go out there and try to blow Porto off the pitch. Yeah. Um, and, and having said that, then again, you have Conceição, who's a brilliant tactician, who knows how to absorb pressure and knows how to absorb uh, these kinds of overloads uh, that, that teams come against you with. And it's going to be really interesting. But I think in the end, uh, I think Cristiano Ronaldo usually comes to life in these games. Um, and, and this is what he lives for. That's true. Uh, so I I, th- I think three 0 I think they're going to win three 0 Yeah, I mean that that one that one goal that they scored is going to prove to be a massive lifeline oh. for them. So so we had so we had I guess an insight into the the Juventus tactics for the next leg. Aria, what do you think Porto? Like I don't see how they can implement the same tactics against Juventus. I feel like they they they've got the I mean they they've learned what to do now. I feel so. What did Porto have to do? in the next leg to, well, will they have to maintain their lead or do you think they'll, you know, play more attacking? I think Porto, I mean, this it's really tough, man. Honestly, they have to just go out there and defend in this game. At home, Juventus are very tough to beat. You know, I don't think they're going to beat them at home. Um, when you when you have a player like um, Pepe against, in a, in a tough game like that, you need to be a bit wary of what he's going to do. Is he going to lash out and kick someone in the face? You know, <laughs> you know, you never know with him. You know, so you have to be careful. I think they'll go out and defend. I think they'll be sitting deep. Um, I think they'll 
need to just sustain the pressure from Juventus for 90 minutes. I think ultimately, if Taremi can get a goal in this game as well, I think Taremi gets a move in the summer. I think that's what will happen. I think if he gets a goal in this game, if he scores at, at Turin, then there's no chance that no one signs him in the summer because he is going to be he's going to be hot, you know. So I'm I'm excited to see what happens. I think you're right about the goal. If he scores, then he's getting a move. Um, I think that's true because then you score twice against Juve and your two goals there in the Champions League. I mean, yeah. if if Porto were to knock out Juventus and Torim is one of the architects behind that. Absolutely, I think he's getting a move in the summer. It'd be very interesting to see like Plus, his role as well in, in, in that setup that you just said, Arya, like yeah. more of a defensive lineup. I mean he's yeah. done it before. We we know he's done it before, but it'd be interesting to see. I think they're going to do what they did against Juve in the first leg, and that's try to pressure Juve high up the pitch in the beginning to kind of unsettle them. And then the more the game goes on they're going to defend deeper. But I don't see Conceição because that's not how he that's not how he's been. Um, he's not a kind of guy to sit deep just entirely. He will pressure and try to rattle Juve um, in the start. I really think that. But as the game goes on, I think you will see it naturally that he that he'll see Porto kind of uh, defend deeper. Okay, cool. Quickly before we move on to uh, Antwerp versus Rangers and talk talk about Baron Vand. Quickly, what do you guys think will be the final score for the next uh, for the next leg, and who do you see progressing? I think Juve, Juve and three 0 I think it's it's it's. I've seen this movie before with Juve when they're in this situation, and this that that away goal really really turned things around. Two 0 and that's like they're almost eliminated. But a single goal, that that's something that Juve can deal with, and also they've learned their lesson. You know, two defeats in a row um, for Juve is, is very rare. Uh, and, and, and this is what they're going after because they're a little bit lagging behind in the Serie A. Obviously, they're not far behind, but they are, they're not topping the, the table. But no, I, I, I do see them resolving this because I think that individually, Juve are such a better team than Porto. And I think it has to show at some point. So I think Taremi yeah. gets a goal, but I think 3-1. Aria? Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two one to Juventus. Um, and then I think it'll go to to penalties. Ooh, nice one. <laughs> oh, that would be that would be a very good. I'd love to see that actually. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to Antwerp versus Rangers. So this is a game. It was this is a Europa League game. Uh, I don't know. It's it's probably a very big sort of like shift going from you know absolute sort of elation for for Tarani and Porto, going from I guess more more negative, I guess, for, for Baron Vand. Uh, very polar opposite performances. So, I guess, Arya, what did you make of, obviously, Antwerp uh, lost 3-4 three to, three, to Rangers um, at home as well. This is this is uh, the, the, the club that's closest to your home, Arya, so I'll let you start on this one. Yeah, look, Rangers played quite well in this game. They, they came out and they actually, I think they deserved to win this game. Ultimately, they were the better team. You know, if you're going to judge who deserve to win they deserve to win um alter and also in the game the it didn't seem like it didn't seem like anyone was really trying to win the game you know it was always one goal ahead no one was really going two goals up at any point yes rangers won four three but it was fairly neck and neck but ultimately they won the game baron van's performance was was horrible he had a very bad game. I tried to, I, you know, we'd love to defend him. We'd love to say, obviously, the pitch was a little bit uh, wet and all that sort of stuff. And it was wet, you know. Yes, he, there was a lot <laughs> of sliding going on. But listen, man, you're a goalkeeper. You know, get some good studs and just, like, play the game properly. Like, he's sliding across the pitch trying to, trying to take a ball off someone and he misses it. I mean, like, come on. Like, you can't just, like, miss the ball. You're a goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, you're a what? You know, you're a world club I don't, I don't think I don't think you can blame conditions though, because he's yeah, he's exactly. a I mean, come on, he's a he's a player who's played exactly. a lot, a lot so, worse than. than there's this. no excuse. There's no excuse for him to to miss you know miss these you know silly sliding challenges. Done it before the start in the start of his Antwerp career. 
you know, he got a 5.6 rating from SofaScore. You know, that that and that's the worst on the pitch. You know, that's that's terrible, you know. And the reason why I'm being negative is because this is someone who's, who's left Paris Police with a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, moaning and oh, I don't know if I want to go to um, Europe. I don't know if I if I'm ready yet. I, I want to stay at Paris. I want to play in the ACL final. All this stuff. I want to, you know, uh, you know, pay the Paris Police fans. All these stuff. And then eventually he goes, and he's play he's playing like he's never he's never played a game in his life. You have to show a bit more, in my opinion. You know, if you're gonna go to Europe and you're gonna play like that in front of you know, people who are going to watch you on TV, Iranians will watch you on TV, you know, and against Rangers, who are a big, big team. I know they've played well this season. Rangers have been fantastic in the, in the Scottish League. They've not lost a game. And they've, I think they've conceded like eight goals. So, you know, they're not an easy team, but ultimately you have to do a lot better. And, and the, the BT Sport commentators were absolutely grilling him. Like, <laughs> we were talking about it during the game and how much, I don't know who it was, the commentator, I think it might have been Ali McCoist, but they were absolutely grilling him, and he was just getting, you know, just destroyed <laughs> by, the, by the commentators. Um, um, and he did have a bad game. He had a really bad game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't enjoy watching him. I, I genuinely believe if he lets this performance, I guess, get to his head, and yes, he lets it mentally sort of get into him, I feel like this, like he'll probably go back to Iran. I don't really see any other way for, for him if he lets it, you know, what affect his performances. Yeah, I, you're right. You're right. Look, what annoys me the most is about him is is like he's one of those guys that you just you, you know he's a good goalkeeper. He's not bad. He's obviously a good goalkeeper. It's just that he doesn't understand what opportunity he's been given right now. He thinks that right now he, he's just playing in a team that's letting him play. That's it. He doesn't know that he's playing in the UEFA Europa League for against Rangers, who are currently Scottish first, you know, in the league. He's playing. His first, his second European uh, fixture in his whole entire life, and he, I don't know if he understands what he's doing. I think he just thinks he's just playing a match. That's it. He doesn't understand what the opportunity that he's been given is, because leaving Paris Police, I think, wasn't en- en- enough for him. I think he should have went somewhere that was really gonna, you know, properly get into into his into his psyche and develop him as a footballer. But I don't know if Antwerp is the right club for him. Ultimately, I think they've got the, you know, they sacked the first coach, he left, and there was obviously issues at that club at the, at the beginning. And then I think the current coach, he's been okay, but it, he, the club wasn't right for him. I don't think the, it was the right place for him to develop his first season in Europe. Yeah, no, I, I actually, yeah, I fully agree with you. And it, it's this is such a difficult one to watch because you're you're looking at him and you're like, you are a top quality goalkeeper. We all we all know it, but the people in Europe don't know it. And it's like this is the this is the first impressions they're getting from him because you know when you're playing in European competitions, that's when the the world watches for real. Like no one watches the Iranian domestic league, but when you're playing in instant like. Uh, you know, Europe-wide competitions. That's when that's the stage that you have to perform on. So that's that's the irritating factor for me is that he's a top-quality goalkeeper, and we all know, but like no one else does. That's why the I'm, BT I'm, Sports guys are grilling him. <laughs> I'm a big Baron Van fan. I think is look again in the World Cup, he scored. You know, he saved a Cristiano Ronaldo penalty for goodness sake. You know what I mean? Like he was brilliant in the World Cup, and he was really good at the Asian Cup as well. You know, and he is a very good goalkeeper. But he, man, the Paris Police. I, I, I'm not a Paris Police fan. I'm just going to be honest. I'm not a Paris Police fan. I don't think that they allowed him to be the best goalkeeper in Iran. They kind of just brought him down, man. Honestly, they should have let him leave a lot earlier. A goalkeeper of his talent should not be staying in Iran for up till the age of 28 years old. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But it's what it is. That's, that's, what, that's what he gets, you know? That's what he gets. I hope he does. I hope he plays better next week, you know, or the week after, whenever the game is. Yeah, I mean, it depends if the manager still has faith in him as well, because there is still competition in that position. Yeah, and he got um, he got injured as well. So yeah, I don't know he got injured. He did get injured. Uh, came off seventy yeah. seventh minute. Um, although he did say on his Instagram it's not serious, so there might be like a glimmer of hope there. Who knows? Um, Nima, what do you, what do you make of this performance? I guess uh, the future for Baron Band. Sorry, guys, uh, my mic was on mute, um, and and you guys cut out. What was the question again? What do you Sorry. think of Baron Van? 
Um, I find the whole situation a bit funny because I, I was watching, you know, he, in the in the in the league, he's been doing pretty okay. I mean, going into this game, he had a really good game. I think he was even elect, selected as like the team of the week. So it was a, so it was one of those. It was I wasn't expecting. So we can't really say that it's a dip in form. I think it was just one of those things where where goalkeepers have a bad day and they. Um, you know the conditions maybe weren't perfect, and we're not going to blame that because it's the same for everyone. But I think he um, he might. I think it's just one of those days for him as a goalkeeper that sometimes goalkeepers have. And the problem with that position is that it's you know it's not like when you're playing midfield and you make one bad pass, you can cover it up. But when goalkeepers make a mistake, it shows. It becomes so decisive that you know, and and they go they get really exposed that way. Um, I. I mean, I I, th- I think we, we we have to wait and see uh, what, how he reacts to this because the best or every single goalkeeper, the best ones, from Buffon to Neuer, have all made howlers. But it's how they react to these howlers that determine how good they are uh, in, in, as goalkeepers. And, and I guess we have to see what happens. I mean, how does he react to this? Yeah, no, some really good points by both of you. Um, I think we're going to wrap up there, guys, because yeah, those, those are the only two players playing in playing Europe, but. I'm really looking forward to both, uh, you know, the, the fixtures coming up in the next leg. I feel like it's really important for both of our players um, playing in Europe. So, I guess the final the thing only, I have to only say... Other, the only other player yeah, that we on. obviously would have in Europe would be Mohanami, but he was obviously injured. But I think Dino was like, actually won their game. So, maybe he can be back for the second leg. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one that I'm really looking forward to is the Porto-Juventus game, of course. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be so interesting. And it's so... It's so funny. I don't know if you guys know this, but um, apparently Cristiano Ronaldo gave a, a bunch of shirts to Porto. Um, the only, he only signed one of them, and he specifically said that one of them, that one was for Mehdi Taremi, um, which he which he gave, which I thought was interesting. And um, and also in Italy, they were they were really impressed by Conceição, uh, and they were really impressed by Porto and. and uh, and Toremi, who they, you know, I was I was watching Sky Sport Italia and, and, and Capello, and then were were really praising him, saying that he's, you know, they they really liked this team. They they really impressed on 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 the Italian audience and the pundits. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, for sure. Well, one thing that's guaranteed is that next uh, in the next in the next leg, uh, Ari and I will do another Instagram live, because you know you guys really liked it, so we're going to carry that on. Um, and hopefully we're going to do more of them before, you know, big, big, big games. Um, so be sure to follow us on Instagram to, to not miss those. Also subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and SoundCloud. Uh, you can check my podcast out at the Millennial, the Millennial Entrepreneur. We talk about entrepreneurship. You can also check out Nima on the Italian Football Podcast. Um, also follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, that's that's it from me. Uh, thank you, Arya and Nima, for joining me. And I guess we'll uh, we'll we'll all watch the uh, second leg. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. and also thanks to to Saeed for coming on and giving us fan reaction. Cheers, thanks, guys. Hello, everyone. My name is Saeed Azatoulay, and you're listening to the Golbezan podcast.